Welcome to The Sword and Laser. I'm Veronica Belmont. And I'm Tom Merritt. Sword and Laser is a book club, but it is so much more. Uh, We bring you author interviews, news from the world of sci-fi and fantasy, and of course, awesome discussions from fans just like you. And our show is currently funded by an intergalactic wealthy banking fund. Um, known as you, uh, we're actually, we're actually entirely funded by you, just you and no one else. So if you're not actually backing us on Patreon, we're broke, uh, head to patreon.com slash sword and laser. And actually, I'm just kidding. Thank you to all the folks who back our show. And if you would like to support the show, that's the address patreon.com slash sword and laser. Woohoo. Um, so yeah, what are you drinking, Tom, for today's episode? I am drinking leftover Super Bowl beer. Um, did your I'm sports having, ball team win the Super Bowls? I did not. You know, I was just cheering for sports and sports happened. So I was happy. Uh, I'm drinking a Boddington's pub ale. It's very tasty. Oh, nice. I'm drinking white wine. Mm. You don't know what kind? It's just I don't Blanca. remember. I don't remember. I'm sorry. El Vino Blanco. Yes. Um, I did not also watch the sports ball. Um, I feel like I was supposed to be rooting for the Patriots, but well, you I are- just... Of Boston. I am of that place. I am of that area. Uh, Though I just don't, I don't feel it. I don't care about football. You're from New England, aren't you? I am from, I'm literally from New England, um, but I don't care about sports at all. I mean, I care about sports. I don't care about football at all. Um, I'm more looking forward to pitchers and catchers reports coming up in the next week or so. 15, I think it's the 15th maybe Yeah. or so or the 18th, something like that. Anyway. Baseball is happening soon. Welcome to Sword and Laser, your baseball podcast. <laughs> You're not. How many people have already like unsubscribe me? Thank I'm you. I'm out of here. Thank Patreon. you very much. Take I'm out of here. Making my um, money back. Let's jump right into the quick burns. Hey, so you know what time it is? It's that time it's, again. It's oh, I was gonna say hammering time. No, mm, no. No, like hammer time or hammer in time. Is that something different? Hammer in time. What's hammer in time? Like the thing. Like clobber in time. Wait a minute. I got my MC hammer and my thing mixed up. I'm an idiot. I'm so lost. (laughs) When MC hammer and the thing were spliced in the teleporter, it became it's hammer in time. What thing? Are you talking about the thing? Are you talking about what thing? Yeah, it's clobber in time. Okay, the thing. Clobber in time. Okay. Well, no, it's not that time. It is time for uh, Hugo nominations. Uh, award season, as they say over on io9.com, is upon us. Um, so now tons of people are eligible for awards, all those great authors that you've been reading throughout the year. Um, but if you want to know if you're eligible to actually vote, um, you need to be a supporting member of 2014 Worldcon in London. Or if you have been an attending or supporting member for the 2015, wait, what? What? No. If you were a, a Lundcon <laughs> member. Or if you're going to be a SoskCon member for the next year, either one works. Yes. All right. Um, so if you want to get in on all the nominating, you have to buy a membership by midnight Pacific time on January 31st. So I guess I'm not a member this year. Did you buy from last year? Were you a member last year? Yes, I was. Yeah. Then you're, then you're still in. That's what it's oh. saying. 
you That's either were saying. a supporting member of 2014 or you're going to be a supporting member of 2015 or 2016. Fabulous. Basically being a supporting member gets you two years of voting. And a lot of you very nicely have been asking if we are eligible, um, for certain categories, including best fan cast. Um, we said yes on Twitter and I don't really a hundred percent know for sure. Uh, some of you have already nominated us, which is awesome. Um, but it's audio and video podcasts and vlogs that aren't professional. Uh, see Hugo website for how they define professional. So I need to look at the Hugo site to decide oh, we if we are professional. So, I mean, as evidenced by our baseball talk and hammer in time, we are not professional. <laughs> we are not professional. Okay. <laughs> um, some other members in the forums have looked into this and they have decided that we are professional or not professional. They have decided we are eligible. Man, I am screwing up on this week's podcast. I apologize. My brain is all over the place. Um, but I think we're, I think we're good. So if you guys like us and want to nominate us, that would be awesome. Thank you for those of you who have already done so. Um, I don't really know how many nominations you need to get uh, or, or how it works uh, because we're not professional. We don't know these things. Um, oh, oh but here it is. Professional publication it provided at least a quarter the income of any one person or was owned or published by an entity which provided a quarter <laughs> of the income. So no, no we, are we are totally eligible. Eligible. Eligible for fan cast. So go vote us up. That would be awesome. Nominate um, us all day long. Nominate all your favorite authors, all your favorite stuff in the world of sci-fi fantasy. Um, you know, it does tend to get kind of like popularity contesty, um, but that's, I guess that's just the nature of award Can shows. Can you nominate if, more than one thing in, in a category or only one per category? I don't, I, I don't actually yeah. know. I don't I'll have know. to do some nominating myself. I will nominate a different podcast just to balance it out. And all then right. Veronica will nominate us. <laughs> multiple times under different accounts. All right. Uh, we've got real quick burns here too. I mean, not that that wasn't, but uh, these come to us from you. Thanks to everybody who keeps submitting this. You guys rock. Uh, Nokomis.fl noted George R. R. Martin's The Winds of Winter uh, has no plans for publication in 2015, according to the publisher. Trike wasn't sure this was really news, <laughs> which is a good point because uh, we all kind of expected that. And Robert wrote, given that Winds of Winter won't be published in 2015, it's almost certain, he says, that the TV show will finish before the books are published. Do you think that's true, V? <sighs> it, it's kind of starting to feel that way. It's kind of starting to feel that way. But they've said we're not going to do that. Well, George R. R. Martin said that it's probably going to happen. Hmm. So I think it's probably going to happen. Who to believe? <laughs> the, the author or other people. Um, yeah. I kind of feel like he knows his writing pace. And, and he said a really good thing recently where he was like, people at the end of the day aren't going to remember how long they had to wait for the books. They're going to think about like the overall effect of reading them. I think, you know, when I think it's going to be better overall for, for more people to come to the series and read it as a whole, once it's done and get the enjoyment out of them rather than the people who kind of came to it, who have been reading it all along. And they're like, Oh, I have to wait seven years for the next book. I oh, think sure. we should look at yeah. it as a whole, as opposed to the no, annoyance I, I, of waiting in, for in the, the next long book. scheme of things. It's absolutely true. I, I, I get that. Um, but there is this question of, for the moment, do I continue to watch the TV series and get spoiled if they do go ahead and start giving the plot that will be in the books? 
or or do I just say, well, you know what? It's just a different way to to get the story, and 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 lots of people watch the TV shows and read the books later, and just you know. Mm-hmm give in and let it happen. I don't know. What will you do if they, if they go past the books, will you continue watching? Will I you get spoiled? Like what will you do? Will you won't not like it? like it. I am firmly in the camp of, I would like to read the book before the TV shows. And I know I'm, I'm not necessarily even in the majority on that. A lot of people prefer to watch TV shows and movies before reading the books, but I would prefer to read the book before seeing the TV show. Uh, but I don't think that would, I don't think I would go so far as not to watch the TV show. Mm-hmm. I think I'm probably you? with you. It would be too hard to not watch it at this point. I think yeah. I'm too, I'm too embedded. Uh, moving hey, on. Look at, look what? at it this way before we move on. Mm-hmm. Harper Lee fans have been waiting since 1960 for their sequel to, to kill a mockingbird. And they're finally That's getting terrible. that. So patience does pay off. I did not know that she had written this other <laughs> book before to kill a mockingbird. And then they decided they wanted, they wanted uh, the prequel first and then they kind then of just lost the other book. Yeah. It was just disappeared. Crazy. And then it's like, surprise, we still have the book somewhere hidden away. Um, that's kind of exciting. I, I'm looking forward to reading that. I know. That's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, uh, Michelle and Dara both posted about uh, J. Michael Straczynski uh, is adopting Kim Stanley Robinson's Red Mars for Spike TV. He, of course, is the uh, creator of Babylon 5 show. <laughs> did you say adopting? Um, uh, did I? I don't know. Adapting, it sounded like it to me. Adapting. <laughs> He's adapting it. <laughs> he's, he's put in the paperwork and he's, Red Mars will now be his child. He's really excited about this new life he's giving to Red Mars. Um, he's bought so many toys for it already. He's just like glowing with it's anticipation. Really it's yeah. really cute. Super cute. Um, so yeah, Babylon 5 guy. That sounds kind of exciting. Yeah. I'm, and- I'm enthusiastic about that. I think a lot of people are getting caught up into like, wait a minute, Spike TV. They don't do a lot of original content. Plus they're Spike TV. Oh, get over it. But here's the thing. The way television works is that, yes, the networks have a brand and they have a certain range of the types of content that they acquire. So HBO has got a very high standard for what they acquire. Um, But really it's the producers and the writers who are adapting things that will make or break something and you can have good things on networks you wouldn't expect a lot of people never expected the cw to come out with stuff like vampire diaries or arrow or flash uh when they're Mm -hmm. also the gossip girl channel uh and so yeah i mean the fact that j michael straczynski is involved in it i don't really care if it's going to be on spike i think it'll probably have a really good chance of being good yeah i'm i'm very excited about it um I, I, I feel like I need to go read the series first. Do you, do you recommend doing that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, who's a huge fan of this series is Brian Brushwood. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. So this would, this would be a good one. It's the problem it's, is you really want to read the series. Uh, but I'm like, mm, maybe we should do this as a pick mm. to kind of, to kind of get people into that. So I'll, Tom, I'll, I'll we need something, that. we need something uplifting for next month. You oh, are. Yeah. I'm gonna, I, saw, I saw the one. I am going to like, charge you right now. <laughs> it has with to be the, positive. After we have all to of find some kind of like, scenarios. <laughs> yeah, it's been the past couple of books have been real downers, guys. Yeah, I, I, I can see that. I mean, Red Mars isn't a downer, but it's also not really like a feel good. It's not like a Terry Pratchett or anything. So um, what do we do? Because I kind of picked a sci-fi book, kind of. Well, you know, that's actually book. totally off topic now. But I was thinking, like, I you picked. We'll they talk like about it when that we when go we off kick topic. it off. They you like picked it. a book for this month that's the new weird, right? Mm-hmm. It's 
it's in it's in its own new kind of genre that is science but kind of a magical realism kind of a there is definitely a fantasy element even though it's not wizards and castles um right. so i was like well maybe i should go with something that's got more fantasy to it but lives you know is is headed that other direction so maybe a china mieville or something like that oh that would be interesting that's also although not like also a total bummers good book, total effing bummers <laughs> yeah exactly so i don't know um i'm still kicking mm. it around hmm or some, we already read Batchikaloopy. Um, that's yeah. good. All right. You, you got to think, you got to meditate on this one, Tom. I am. I'm, 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 I'm working on it. And of okay. course, uh, feedback at swordandlaser.com. All suggestions are welcome. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on, Dara uh, pointed out that more books are being turned into TV series. Endemol Studios has acquired the rights to Lauren Buke's Broken Monsters. Hey, maybe we could read Broken Monsters. Another one I've wanted to read. I've really wanted to read that. So that might be fun. The novel follows Detective Gabriela Versado, the single mom of a 15-year-old daughter. She tracks a murderer who mutilates victims in bizarre and alarming ways. Not uplifting. (laughs) Her investigation winds through present-day Detroit, from police precincts (sighs) to underground art scenes. A teenager, a homeless man, and an upstart journalist play a role in the hunt for the disturbing and possibly otherworldly serial killer. Well, goddammit. (laughs) So close. It's called Broken Monsters. We should have guest yeah, uh, I but guess. apparently it's a really good book lauren bukes is great i've seen this book coming up everywhere so yeah. i i'm very intrigued by it um ben writes after their popular special issues and kickstarter campaign last year women destroy science fiction and fantasy and horror too lightspeed magazine are doing a similar thing with queers destroy uh, which can be backed on kickstarter right now at this very moment um Ben goes on to say, just need to look at some of the negative and strange comments on the Wired article to see why such a campaign is needed. And he posed to a, um, actually I didn't read, I got kind of screwed up in the formatting and I don't have the link to the Wired article, but we'll put it in the show notes. Um, but anyway, I donated to this today. Um, it's a uh, special issue. I'll be honest. I'm just going to be honest right now. I didn't put the link in the rundown because the only reason to go to the link is to look at the comments and why Your comments are awful. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can go find it if you really want to see them, but yeah. Um, but anyway, the initial goal for Queers Destroy Science Fiction was $5,000 and they're already topping out at 31,000, um, almost 32,000. So this is coming along really nicely. They have a lot of great stretch goals. I'm um, at 35,000. They go to Queers Destroy Filk. <laughs> So if you're a Filk fan, and you want some, <laughs> some queer Filk stories. Well, Lightspeed was go. founded. Here's what, here's what I love about this, right? Lightspeed was founded on the idea that all science fiction is real science fiction. The whole point of this magazine they write on Kickstarter is that science fiction is vast. It is inclusive. Science fiction is about people and queer people, no matter how they identify. And there's a big parenthetical are a big part of that. We always have been. We're just sometimes hard to see. So in the interest of visibility and breaking stuff, here we are to show you just how wide the spectrum of sexuality and gender identity can really be. And that's what they did with women destroy science fiction as well. Like they're basically saying, let's take those stories that don't seem to get enough attention and let's highlight them. I love that. Well, and I think the, um, if you watch the video, he makes a really great point that science fiction is supposed to be the genre where anything goes. It's limitless. Anything is possible. And so why do we constantly just get these same 
you know, cisgendered, heteronormative storylines, you would think that in a galaxy far, far away, things would be a little bit different, a little bit, you know, there wouldn't be so such defined sexual roles in a society. And I think that makes total sense. And We've seen some of that, but I mean, really, I think there we can only benefit from reading more stories that tell more, you know, relationships and and sexualities and and you know beyond what is typical of the of science fiction and fantasy, which has been very heteronormative. And this one is particularly about uh, sexuality, but it's true of origin. It's true of culture. It's true of class. It's true of race. Uh, and yes, science fiction does exist that, and, and we we've tried to highlight it in a couple of, of, of our picks, uh, that shines a light on the futures of all kinds of people. Uh, and, and I think sometimes it just doesn't get as much attention I mean, I haven't really thought about this as much as I probably should have, but don't you really feel like it's kind of ridiculous how relationships in science fiction are so typical of traditional earth relationships? Like why aren't we seeing more polyamory? Why aren't we seeing more, more gay and lesbian relationships or that wouldn't even be considered gay and lesbian relationships because they would just be typical of that particular alien race or whatever. I've just been, you know, I read 2312 by Kim Stanley Robinson. Mm -hmm. Uh, totally what you're talking about as far as like just non-traditional, not even like, oh, there's gay and there's straight and there's bi. Like it's beyond that. It's imagining all kinds of new, uh, adaptations to that even less so, uh, but still beyond like the traditional categories is Alistair Reynolds. Uh, and, and there's, there's tons of other authors like that. People just don't, they don't read them or they don't hear about them or they don't think about them. And I think well, that's, yeah, I didn't, that's why I, I didn't like that. know there that was in those books at all. Yeah. Cause I just haven't had a chance to read them yet. So, okay. Right. Point taken. That's what um, this is all about is like exploring those kinds of things. And, and I would throw in there like, and I'm sure there's a few people out there who are uncomfortable with sexuality being what this is about. But remember, it's not just sexuality is one of those things. There's, there's also plenty of others. Paulo got Bacigalupi is doing the same thing with culture and, and class in mm-hmm. his art, in, in his writing, which is why I, I enjoyed reading that, you know, it's taking those perspectives and pulling them out and putting them in new places. I love that. Yeah. So if you're interested in that kind of thing, definitely head over to their Kickstarter page and back it. It's good uh, stuff. Yes. And then Robin uh, posted the following. I'm late to the game and apologies if this has been mentioned before. And I don't think it has. Uh, but I just realized that The Guardian is doing a monthly roundup of science fiction and fantasy. January's is here. She's got the link. Fun way to find out about new books. Uh, and then uh, uh, I know io9 does this as well. And uh, there's one at SF Signal also. Yeah, there's so many good books, man. I can't keep up. John DiNardo has uh, SF Signal's 100 Science Fiction and Fantasy and Horror Books to Look Forward to in 2015. It's a Kirkus Review post of his, but we'll, we'll link to the SF Signal uh, way into it. That's a lot if, of books. That there's is, so many how books. He, John, how do you even know they're good? You haven't read. Are you just excited about the uh, well, ideas of them? books to look forward to. He's like, I like the concept. I like the author. You know, you looking forward we to gotta, doesn't we gotta guarantee bring- it's going to be good. We got to have John on the show to talk about really some of this should, stuff sometime. Actually. It's yeah. been, it's, that's been a long time coming. Um, we'll get hit. He, he'll come on. You can't avoid it anymore, John. 
Yeah, it's, it's been eight years. You have to come on the show. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> You've been a great supporter of the show. We suck. Come on the show. We'll do it like next week, whatever. Um, next cool. week. Nice. Next week. <laughs> All right. Well, now it is time for Bear Your Sword, which is our feedback from the audience. Um, this was a really fun one for me, I think, because this was all about um, who are your top five most read authors of the last, what is it, of ever, of everything you've ever um, well, of, listened of what you've to. tracked on Goodreads anyway. Right. Which I've tracked 500 books. How many have you tracked? How do I see that? How do I do that? All is 488. Okay. So I have 546, I think. And I know I'm missing some. I know for a fact that I've missed a lot. I, I signed um, up for Goodreads long before we were ever using it for Sword and Laser. And I remember I was so excited about it. I, when I, when I signed up, I went through my bookshelf and I logged everything. And then I just sat there and thought of books that were mm-hmm. not on my bookshelf that I knew I had read and, and enjoyed. So I can actually conjure the feeling of the afternoon that I did the same yeah, thing. Yeah, me too. Actually, like, I was for sitting some on my reason, couch and really... opened, just like... But anyway, um, I was pretty surprised by my selections. Um, I had my top one, a little bit embarrassing. I don't know why I find this embarrassing. I shouldn't be embarrassed. Uh, my top one was Charlene Harris at 14. We were talking about this elsewhere. And I think that's because if you get into a series, sometimes it's just going, you're going to keep reading as long as they keep making them. And Charlene mm-hmm. Harris made a lot of Sookie Stackhouse books. And I read them all. I've yeah. read them all. <laughs> My number one is Philip K. One. Dick because mm-hmm. I've read 30 Philip K. Dick books and I haven't even read them all. I don't think. I didn't even know there were 30. That's oh, yeah. so many books. There's more than 30. I'm sure. Yeah, well, he was in that era, you know, he was writing for Delray, I think. Was it Delray? I may have the wrong or Ace, maybe Ace. But he was writing in that era where they just went straight to paperback and he was just like, punch them out, punch them out. Do know. it, do it, do it. Got to make more yeah. money. I was very impressed by my top, um, my top, my top five. Well, it's top five most read, but it, there's a lot of like, um, ties, ties. Uh, but I had a lot of female authors, which made me pretty happy. Charlene Harris, Laurie R. King, Robin Hobb, uh, Jacqueline Carey, Gail Carriger, and JK Rowling were up there. Also Tad Williams, Jim Butcher, Orson Scott Card, and Kevin Hearn. I have no female authors in my top. You don't. What no, is up I with that, Tom? I'm a jerk. Sexist pig. <laughs> Philip K. Sexist Dick. pig, Tom Merritt. William Shakespeare. Do not Dot make com. that the title of this episode. <laughs> oh my God. That's a perfect title Tom, for this no, episode. Don't do that. That is a perfect. Oh my God. <laughs> so clickable. So clickable. Totes clickable. Um, yeah. Philip K. Dick, William Shakespeare, Stephen King, Evelyn Waugh, Douglas Adams, Neil Stevenson, Hunter S. Thompson, Frank Herbert, and Douglas Coupland. I never then Copeland. Anne Rice. Copeland. I never considered doing um and William then JK Shakespeare. Rowling. Does right William pick. Shakespeare really count? That doesn't seem fair. I don't know why. It just doesn't seem fair. Yeah, I mean, you could really say, well, they're all in a collection, so I don't mm-hmm. know. But I I yeah. That's the way okay. I entered them. I don't know if that but counts this is or fun. not. I'm, I'm with you. It's kinda on the so you can get to this bubble. by going to your my book section and then scrolling down underneath the tools category um, to most read authors. And then you will see the list of, of all the authors you have read the most. I was really surprised, honestly. I was like, I don't feel like I've read that many authors more than once. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it was interesting to me to see like, oh, yeah, these are people I would gen- generally say are among my favorite authors. So it makes sense. 
Well, like right now I'm looking at this list and I don't see Ian Tregellis on this list, which means that I didn't put, oh no, he's up there. Okay. never mind. I have a lot of threes and fours and twos. Um, yeah, I got to get on there. Anyway, uh, if you would like to do this, yeah, like you said, uh, go to your profile, uh, go to my books, then below the hand navigation for your bookshelves on the left-hand side, there's a section called tools. And under that, you should have a clickable link to most read authors. You can do it to anybody you're a friend with as well. Um, Mm -hmm. so, so take a look at that. And we, we have not, uh, thanked Louie, who's the one who started this thread, uh, on the, our Goodreads, uh, group and, and got it rolling. His most read authors are Robert A. Heinlein, Arthur C. Clarke, Isaac Asimov, Kurt Vonnegut, and Paul Oster. Nice. Nice. A very distinctive list. Um, then we move on to Eric, who has a post called a rant about a particular aspect of ebooks. And his main complaint is that there's just not very good metadata in the ebooks that he's been getting. It's messy. It's incomplete. It's all over the place. Um, sometimes the metadata fields like genre and description are filled out. And sometimes they have next to nothing filled out. The books from Barnes and Noble and Amazon that I add to Calibre are often worse, sometimes missing the publisher and publication date. Um, so does anyone else have a problem with this? Is this something you think about? Do you notice this? Uh, I don't use, I use uh, Calibre for PDFs and, and for review books quite often, but it's never really, I've never really noticed it. Do you have that problem with your humble bundle stuff? Yeah. A lot of times it's just showing up with weird, like, you know, file names as titles and I have to go edit the metadata. Uh, but I just sort of live with it because usually I'm so focused on whatever our pick is or whatever I'm, you know, the one alternate book I'm reading on. I don't read very mm-hmm. fast that I don't need to dig back and find stuff that often. I, I basically keep my unread stuff on the device and then everything else in the cloud. But right. when I go back into the cloud, it can be really daunting. So I really like Lisa's suggestion. Oh, which I was is, just going to read her thing too. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah. Add books, uh, to caliber, to your caliber library. It's oh, is it caliber. It's caliber, not calibre. C-A-L-I-B-R-E. Uh, and then you can edit the metadata and pick a source and, and Lisa picks Goodreads if it's available. It generally has the best tags. She says, uh, then convert to EPUB and upload the batch to your pending folder and Goodreads. Nice. Perfect. Very good. I like metadata. I am a fan. So I'm a fan of this. All right. Well, it is a brand new month. It is February. And so we are talking about our latest book club pick, which is Annihilation by Jeff Vandermeer. Um, <laughs> I thought you were going to will... go with, it's a brand new month. So let's talk about Annihilation. <laughs> yes. Annihilation. You're all going to die. Yep. Uh, so are we going to formally kick it off in the next episode? No, we are formally kicking it off right now. It so if says you don't- in the rundown, Annihilation by Jeff Vandermeer will oh, formally kick off I copied next it from episode. Last episode where it mm-hmm. said that because that was referring to this episode. Mm-hmm. Doesn't say it anymore, mm-hmm. does it? <laughs> um. So I read a really great uh, post by him recently, and now I don't remember where it was, and so I'm going to have to go look for it. Um, but I am finished the book already. Uh, I finished it. It's a pretty quick read, actually. I did the um, Audible slash um, um, Kindle Audible slash Whisper oh, Sync the, uh, situation. The, yeah, where you can, you can read it on both and it'll keep, keep you in the right place. 
Though I did it a different way this time. I bought it on Amazon first and then I added the audible version to it. So I actually accessed it through the Kindle app, through the little headphone icon instead of using the audible app. And that Mm -hmm. worked really well. And you can actually watch the pages turn as you're listening to it. (laughs) That's kind of cool. So you can read along with it. Yeah. So that was, that was pretty neat. Um, and man, it's, it's, it's quite a book and you guys are already having pretty mixed feelings about the book. And I just want to, James had a post and I feel kind of bad because I got kind of mad at James in the thread. And, uh, I don't want to read his post because I don't want to turn people off from reading it yet. He was not a fan of the book so far. Um, and he said, Lem, if you have a chance. And that made me really upset because, I feel like everyone has the right to start reading a book and decide if they like it or not. And I feel like not, no one person should tell another person what they should or should not read. Um, but he came back and said, you know, if, if you're reading the book and you're having a hard time with it, maybe you should just give it up and move on to something you'd like better. I agree with that sentiment. I've said that before, but I always feel like if you're in a book club, you're here for the opportunity to try new things that you may not have tried in the past. And so to tell people to write off a book before they've even started reading it, I think is a terrible approach um, because people may say, oh, OK, forget this one. I've got other stuff I want to read when, in fact, you know, they may really enjoy it. So it kind of bums me out that people are telling other people to not read a book, you know, make the decision yourself. If, if it sounds some, like something that you might not be into, give it a chance. See how you feel about it. But don't just write it off completely right away. I suffer under the illusion that there are still some people in the book club that don't start reading the book and finish it before we kick it off. (laughs) So you need to give those people a chance to actually pick up the book and start reading it. I mean, he um, made this thread on February 1st. Yeah, I know. Jesus Christ. Right? Like, um, give people a I mean, chance. And, and, and the, the, this, the show is a perfect example. Like, we haven't actually started kicking off the book, and we're already talking about reactions to the book, which mm-hmm. is fine. I don't have a problem with people. As soon as we announce it, going and getting excited and reading it, we both do it. We're not going to be hypocritical and tell you not to. Um, but it does seem a little unfair to go out and badmouth it that, you know, to say like, don't read it or Lem if you get a chance before people have had a chance to even like hear about it. So under that illusion that maybe some of you listening right now haven't started it, if you're going to, um, Hey, Jeff Vandermeer, he's the author, uh, known for his contributions to what I referenced earlier, The New Weird, which is sort of an emergent genre. Uh, China Mieville is probably the most famous of it, but there's a lot of authors working in that genre. His stories about the city of Ambergris, Ambergris, uh, in books like City of Saints and Mad Men, are familiar to a lot of you, I'm sure. Spent a lot of childhood in Fiji. His parents worked for the Peace Corps. He's the founding editor and publisher of the Ministry of Whimsy Press, which is currently an imprint of Worm Publishing. Uh, They published Troika by Stephen Chapman, if you're familiar with that. Uh, And he's done a lot of other work. He he had a story that was uh, animated by Joel Vetch in PlayStation Europe. Uh, The story was called A New Face in Hell. He's a three-time World Fantasy Award winner. And the Southern Reach trilogy was conceived as a whole and published throughout last year. So Annihilation, our, our pick, was published in February 2014. And then the sequel, Authority, was published on May 6th, 2014. And then the final uh, novel, Acceptance, was published in September. And each book is from a different perspective. Here's what I would say 
not in defense of Lemon if you get a chance, but in a defense of the attitude of like, I didn't like it, is that I didn't really, I, it took me a long time to really like this book. Mm. I, I felt like I kept drifting off while listening to it. And you could argue, oh, well, you shouldn't listen other to it. People, you should read other it. people said that. Other yeah. people said that. It was really hard to keep myself focused on it. It wasn't that I didn't like the character. I really enjoy the conceit. And I'm going to try not to be spoilery because we're kicking it off. But, but the situations that the biologist character encounters uh, were fascinating to me. And, and the idea of area X, I love those kinds of stories. I love stories like lost uh, or the Soviet movie that I always forget the name of. That's like this <laughs> weird zone where they're trying to, you know, escape from, from the police. I love this kind of story. And I felt like I should love this more, but I, I made it all the way through the end. And I, I was like, mm, it was, it was okay. I felt like it could have been so much more. And I had made a mistake. I had only bought, with my credit on audible annihilation. So mm-hmm. I went to downpour cause it was a few dollars cheaper and I bought the entire trilogy and started listening to the second book. And I'm way into the second book. Hmm. Uh, Interesting. And the second book takes place back outside the borders of area X. And it's a lot more about here's what's been happening. Here's why this has been happening. You start to get the answers that Annihilation set up. And so I think one of the problems here is that if you look at this, even though it is a self-contained book, if you look at this as the be all and end all of what you're going to read, it may feel very unsatisfying. But if you think about it as, okay, this is one view of a world that I'm going to see in Triptych, all of a sudden, I think it, it, it may start to make more sense to you. I agree with you. Um, I did not have the same initial reaction to the book. I felt very gripped, uh, kind of from the very beginning. Um, I think because it was so mysterious and I liked for once that there were not a lot of details and a lot of, see people in the forums kind of complained that there was too much exposition. I felt like I enjoyed the lack of exposition. I feel like we're just put into this place and time. We don't really know what's happened. We still, even at the end of the book, crap. I feel like this is a wrap up episode already. Yeah, I know. Um, I know. So be careful. We're, we're making that mistake. Yeah. <laughs> um, I really felt like it was intriguing to me. And so I wanted to continue on. I also heard complaints that the audiobook was boring to listen to. She may not have been my favorite audiobook narrator, um, but I did come to like it. So, you know, it's, it's a little something for everyone in these picks. You know, some someone's always going to like it. Someone's always not going to like it. I think he's Jeff Vandermeer is telling a very interesting kind of story. Um, one that we, hello dog, there's a dog behind me. Um, one that we have not really encountered before. It's a different kind of sci-fi tale. Perhaps we don't yet know exactly what's going on in this world. Um, so I, I encourage you to make your own decisions and to give it a chance and you may find that you really like it. Yeah. Part of, and we say this over and over on Sword and Laser, part of the purpose of this book club is to expose you to new things. And if you just want to get the same thing you always like, this is not the right place to get picks from. You can still mm-hmm. share those those cross picks with each other and it's, it's useful for that. But our monthly picks are meant to be an overview of older things, newer things. You know, we're not trying to be like the io9 book club, which is always like grabbing the newest, coolest thing. We're not trying to be mm-hmm. like, these are the most important science fiction books. We're the variety book club. Uh, right. we, we're, we're the one that's trying to give you exposure to something new every month. And there's, 
I'm not disparaging any of those other book clubs. They're all great. So if that's what you're looking for, there's probably a book club out there for you. But this is the book club of variety, which means that regularly you're not going to like the book and that's okay. That's okay. But we, I think we talk about enough other books out there that you won't be too disappointed. There's always something cool to read and to discuss in the forums. Um, just, just real fast. Uh, some listeners are saying, uh, Louie, says one of the one of those negative posts about Annihilation with spoilers of the end actually made me want to read it. Whether I actually get to it within the month of February is another matter. It's a short month, I understand. Thankfully, this is a very short book. And Terp Kristen says, I haven't started or finished the book. Barely started The Sparrow. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's that too. Okay, Terp Kristen, thank you. You've actually made me feel much, much better. Because <laughs> uh, I always feel like I'm lagging behind everybody else uh, and I'm even reading it ahead of time sometimes. So yeah. it's, everybody's on their own pace and that's totally fine too. This, this is about exposing you to, to new stuff and you shouldn't feel like you have to read every book every month. We're the and it's meant to be to fun. That. Yeah. I mean, at the end yes. of the day, it's meant to be fun. So exactly. If you're not having fun, then don't stop doing whatever it is you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, I think that kind of wraps things up. Is there anything else you want to add about Annihilation? No, I don't think so. I mean, I think you covered pretty much everything uh, I that that we could cover without being spoilery. So I'm I'm going to leave it there. But I would say that you might, if you, especially if you're on a plan either on Downpour or, or Audible, where you could spend one credit, the trilogy is one credit, and Annihilation is one credit. You might as well just get the trilogy, even mm-hmm. if you don't like the first one. You haven't spent any more. Uh, don't make the mistake I did. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, because and the mistake I also made. You might keep going into that second one, and then like me, find out like, oh, I needed to read the first one to really enjoy the second one as much as I am, but I'm really, and I'm really glad I did. I'm, I'm excited to, to keep reading this series. I, I want to know what happens very badly, but we will get on to more of that later in the month when we do our wrap up and we'll actually talk about what happens in the book. Um, it's pretty thrilling. It's kind of borderline thriller. I like it. There's some creepy yeah. stuff going on. So if you're, if you dig that kind of stuff, this might be a good pick for you. I like the uh, new weird. I'm into the new weird. It's good stuff. China Mieville makes me feel uncomfortable sometimes. It's <laughs> yes. almost too weird, like squeamish, like, ugh. um, so he's also kind of lumped into the new weird category quite often. So this didn't make me feel quite that way as intensely as China Mieville did, but you know, I'm reading a lot of vaguely uncomfortable stuff this month. We're reading the story of O for vaginal fantasy. Are you really? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> best reaction ever thank you <laughs> thank you that was that, perfect that that book is on this like mental list i have of books that were in the vault in when i worked at the stacks at the university of illinois mm-hmm. because they're the books that would get stolen most often so they had to keep <laughs> them locked up uh, it is and, intense it is intense yeah so hey guys if you're not reading annihilation <laughs> you want to read something else kind of messed up join me for not story of book. O. Over in my other book club, <laughs> it is kind of intense. I will not say anything more than that. that I guess this that's is not an explicit show. version of reading the classics. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I'm, I'm, um, all right. Well, that, that about wraps up this episode of the sword and laser. Hey, uh, you can support our show over on Patreon at patreon.com slash sword and laser. Um, jingle is coming along really nicely for you backers out there who are at the jingle level. Uh, <laughs> Paul and storm who are helping us with the jingle are currently on a cruise. Uh, yes. so when they come back, 
we're going to wrap that thing up. I'm sure and, they're spending uh, get it part of every day on that cruise thinking of how to perfect that jingle. I'm sure. Absolutely. I have no doubt in my mind. But if you want to get in touch with us, our email address is feedback at swordandlaser.com. Our website is swordandlaser.com. All of our discussions happen over on goodreads.com slash swordandlaser. And if you want to call and leave us a voicemail, the phone number is 415-7-SWORD-6. Um, what is coming up in the next month or so? We've got a lot of great interviews. We've got Peter V. Brett coming up. We've got Brian McClellan coming up. Yeah, I just uh, created Gary threads Witta coming for those. Up. Uh, well, for the first two, for Brian mm-hmm. McClellan and Peter V. Brett, I created threads and Goodreads. So go put your questions in before next Tuesday. My friend Gary is writing this incredible book or he wrote this incredible book called Abomination, which is, I I started reading it. It's intense as well. Um, I'm really excited about that. So we'll have him on the show to talk about it later this month too. Um, Lots of great interviews coming up. You guys are the best. We will see you guys next time. Swordandlaser.com slash picks. Buy some books through us. Talk to you soon.